Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Poplar Propcast. I'm your host, Justin Libernet, and we're very excited because today we have with us the three of the co-founders of Poplar that originally started the company together coming out of college. And that's Rico Mock, who's the chief technical officer. We have Greg Toshi, who's our CEO, and Chuck Hadamer, our CMO. Guys, thanks for joining us. I really appreciate you being here. Thank you, thanks, Justin. Thanks for it, it almost came in a course. This is our largest grouping on a Propcast that we've done so far. So let's start at the very beginning and kind of go through each of your stories of how you ended up all at the same college, all in the same fraternity. So I want to give Rico a chance to go first, because Rico, are you the oldest of the three? Yeah, by a little bit. <laughs> by a little bit, just a little bit. But that little bit counts. We'll give you a first crack at it here. So can you roll through how you ended up at the college you did, how you ended up meeting these guys? Yeah, that's a good question. So I was originally born in, in Australia from negative nine months till I, I believe I was three. I went to school in Hong Kong for most of my life and, and ultimately ended up in Oakland for high school and Santa Clara for college. I, I love technology and, and that's my passion. And, and there really isn't much of it in Hong Kong nor Australia. And, and that's kind of how I ended up, uh, you know, in, in, in the Bay Area per se. And finally Santa Clara. And then throughout the time, you know, really passionate about technology and, 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 and you know, started a, a couple of startups before, beforehand and, and decided to join this thing called AKSI, which ended up meeting, you know, both Greg and Chuck and whatnot. What's, yeah. what's AKSI? Those are the Greek letters? Yeah, that's a business fraternity that, that we all, all joined. I think I joined in my freshman year and, and Consequently, met and Greg during my sophomore year, I believe. Sure. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, let's get let's get Greg caught up so that he's at the fraternity too. Greg, can no, you right. roll through how you end up at Santa Clara and Hey K Sai? I say that right? Yes. A K Sai. A K Sai. Okay. Alpha it stands for Alpha Kappa Sai. Gotcha. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, yeah. So <laughs> rolling that far back. Okay. So we, yeah. So I, w I went to a Jesuit high school actually called Bellarmine in San Jose. So I had applied to, and yeah, I actually ended up applying to a couple Jesuit colleges, one of which was Santa Clara university. So that's how I ended up, ended up there. And, uh, and initially my first, my freshman year, after my freshman year, I worked in, I took an internship at a real estate development firm called KT Urban that focused, did mostly kind of high rise residential developments in the Bay area, greater Bay area and kind and of got like builder. Yeah. So they're, gotcha. yeah, they're a real estate developer. You know, they did, they didn't do the construct. Well, they do some construction, but most of what they did was they would find properties, do the entitlements on those projects. And then usually they'd stay on and do some of the construction management until completion. And I got kind of exposed to a couple of projects from start to finish while I was kind of working there. And, you know, I've, and, that, and then I think it was my sophomore year is when I learned about AKSI. And this was still before I, I knew Chuck actually, funny enough, through a group of friends from where I, from, you know, where the, where my college house or what do you call it? dorm where my dorm was yeah. <laughs> and then but i didn't know rico yet and then i did the whole rush for aksi the business fraternity i learned about it and i thought it was pretty cool and you know they did a lot of different you know were very involved in kind of a lot of different stuff so got did the rush there and and then i met rico so that i met chuck through the process because chuck i was pretty involved in the rush process because he was i think I recall kind of leading all their marketing and all their, all their stuff there or something like that. 
So I, I remember Chuck because I remember him talking at a lot of the Rush events. <laughs> I didn't really know Chuck that well yet. And I still I don't think I re- I'd met Rico yet. I think maybe I heard whispers of of Tech Wizard for AKSI, but didn't know him yet. And and then and I really wanted to do something in real estate. But I think I remember I was talking to I think it was John Topple. You remember John Topple? I think you both knew John Topple. So I remember talking to Don, John Topple, one of our professors for business. That's kind of like an intro business course. And But I thought it was like the, actually the best class like Santa Clara ever gave actually because it's the one business course where they talk about like real stuff and they actually, you know, sometimes bring in real people from that they can talk about their experiences and things like that. So and they're taught by professors that are kind of like adjunct professors. So yeah, coming from, you know, they tend to be involved in the actual practice and bring that back. Yeah, exactly. So he was probably like one of the coolest, coolest guys ever. And in very, probably one of the few professors, at least I think that's like, it was actually very supportive of like entrepreneurship and like, you know, wanted to see, students start things so i remember talking he had to him built about, a, i think um, he had be, built a bunch of the sales teams over at hp right big yeah uh, yeah so he was like career. the former head of h yeah he was a he was like a sales sales and funny enough i think he 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 was an expat i believe in hong kong for hp sales he was like an executive there and yeah so he was he was pretty high up there and yeah, so anyhow, you know, talked to him, kind of bounced ideas around him. And then one of our, one of the ideas was like corporate housing first. I think that was like the first thing I threw out there. And then, and then I think it was him that told me I should meet Rico because he already knew Rico through something else. So I should meet Rico. And, um, and I went, this was after I finished my rush. It was like our, one of our first, like, I think, you know, one of the first chapter meetings or something. And someone pointed out Rico and then, and then we t- talked after the chapter thing and yeah. And, and then that's, I think that was, there that was, we go. We got, we got you guys connected. There's more stuff after that, but I'll stop there. Yeah. Well, let's get, <laughs> let's get Chuck up to speed now too. We kind of got to run each individual path to the point where you collide. Yeah. Right. So Chuck, well, what were you doing with AKSI? Yeah. So I, you know, I don't, I think Greg has given me a, a lot of credit there running all the marketing stuff. I, I was the guy that made videos and, you know, basically helped. It was the days of early Adobe After Effects, and I figured out how to do some cool animations in After Effects for intros for to market the this business organization. But yeah, fairly normal, you know, story of getting to college. But I, you know, originally from Seattle, and funny story is I chose Santa Clara sight unseen. I was kind of at this point where I was, you know, choosing between filmmaking and technology. And I had just in my final years of high school started running this web design company that my brother and I were working on and running this web design company with my brother. And he had just taught me, you know, a lot about business. And I got really excited about, you know, entrepreneurship. I'd always been into entrepreneurship as a kid, you know, little projects, distributed flyers in the neighborhood called hand and started a little handy boy business, did people's landscaping (laughs) and dog sat for the, for neighbors, chopped a lot of wood. And yeah. And then I found out about Santa Clara in the heart of Silicon Valley. And, you know, obviously that was a really exciting time around in 2000, 
10, 12, that point in time, a lot of interest in Silicon Valley and the technology world. And I remember, you know, talking to my mom and she said, oh yeah, you know, I'm the youngest of four brothers. And she said, oh yeah, I think we visited Santa Clara with your brother and it was really beautiful, but don't, don't factor that into your decision. And it turned out that I, I was like, you know, it, I was mostly factoring into the decision that it was in Silicon Valley. And I thought that was a awesome place to learn business and meet like-minded people, which I ultimately did. But later I found out that my mom was actually thinking of a different school that we had toured <laughs> with my brother. So I had in fact chosen Santa Clara without ever visiting and without ever having been there before. But it was an incredible choice. It's obviously very grateful that I had the opportunity to go to such a beautiful school and such a great place. And yeah, I, I part of the reason I went was because a friend from high school had told me about this business organization. He knew that I was into that sort of thing. And he said, hey, this would be a great community to be, to be a part of. And joined that my freshman year. And like Greg said, kind of crossed paths with Greg a little bit through mutual friends at in the dorms, and then also cross paths with Rico as we had worked on, you know, a couple projects together in the web design space. And How big is AK Psy? Is this a, a 20 strong, 50 strong, 100 strong? Yeah, like, I think it's, you know, maybe 100, 50 to 100 kind of range. So it was, and it's co-ed, you know, it's not like a fraternity in the classic sense of the term it's not you know santa clara didn't have an official fraternity system it wasn't like we all lived in a house together it was really i i refer to it more as you know just like a business organization that was helping students prepare for jobs get internships learn how to interview all those different aspects of getting involved in business rico is always the you know Tech, like Greg said, the tech wizard, the entrepreneurship guy, he had worked on projects and he lived a few floors above me in the dorm. And so I'd go to his room and, you know, we'd he'd show some of the projects he was working on and we'd talk about business ideas, all of which Rico is known for being sort of like the school therapist for business ideas. Everyone would go to him with their business ideas and you know, 90% of the ideas from what I remember Rico telling me was, you know, people trying to create apps to find parties. So, you know, it was, Rico is very good at asking the right questions to pick apart business ideas. And ultimately, do do we have that as a plan eventually for the Poplar app or there'll be a panel (laughs) where you can find which Poplar house is having the next party? (laughs) Yeah, right. I think you could sell that data two different ways to the owners and the occupants. But yeah, yeah, that's how we ended up all together. And then, you know, I remember Rico it was, had been introduced to Greg talking about this this housing idea. And then, I, you know, I, I had really, I had known Rico more in the capacity of like working on business together and, you know, thought he was really smart guy. And I had heard about Greg and how he was such a big, big thinker and thought about big ideas and aggressively pursued them. And I thought, you know, these are two people that, I certainly would love to have the opportunity to work with because I think they're, you know, one of a kind individuals. You don't come across folks like Greg and Rico often. And I thought, you know, this is a great team. And so I really was pitching myself as, hey, I want to work with you guys. You know, 
I, I think I know something about marketing and, you know, I can learn a lot and I'm willing to throw in with you guys. And that professor, John Topple, you know, he was also instrumental in kind of encouraging us together to go for it. And yeah, that was the, I think the inception. So at that point, Greg, you mentioned corporate housing. So is that the first idea that kind of brings you guys together is corporate housing? Yeah, that was like what you'd call the the moment that Chuck described going to Rico for idea and getting getting knocked around a little first. No, yeah, that because that was the first concept. Was if I recall, I talked to John Topple about helping not students, but yeah, it was teachers really to find their off campus property, and then and then Rico and I got talking, and then we were like, well, why don't we do students? Because we know students. And, you know, and we all kind of had our own poor and eventually when, when Chuck came into the fold, all had our own poor off-campus housing experience pretty much. So it was kind of like the perfect catalyst for that. But funny enough, there was an event like right before actually, uh, I think this was right before we brought Chuck in, the idea almost died. And then Rico and I went to this Stanford StartX event and I think they still host them actually at Stanford, but they're essentially, they invite founders to the business school and they, you know, they talk about their starting ideas and et cetera. And there were, and, and funny enough for this event that night, there was a Santa Clara founder on the, on the panel who founded this company, which I think is, I'm it's still around called Entify. And then there were two other companies there. One was this company called Skull. What was it? Rico Skull something. It was it was this motorcycle thing where you know it kind of shows you motorcycle helmet that has like you know that shows your surroundings. And then there was a third company that actually was actually ended up being quite successful, I believe, which was a scheduling application for like hairdressers and stuff. And I think that one actually was successful, but I forgot the name. So there's those three companies, and Rico and I were in the audience. And, and we were already like kind of down a little bit because we we're like, oh, this idea didn't work. We have to come up with something new. <laughs> and we were in the audience just listening to these guys. And we were like, man, this, like, if they could do this, we could totally do this. <laughs> if they raised this much money with this, we could totally, we could totally do this. So we, so it's kind of like just this like rejuvenation of like realizing that like a lot of these like ideas, you know, I mean, they're. I mean, yeah. they're not huge ideas. They're, they're they're simple. They start pretty simple, and and that kind of gave us that umph. And then we went back to the room that night, and I think we 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 wrote on the board again, and then we're like, let's just simplify the experience. I remember you. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. I think part of it is that Santa Clara have this pretty interesting concept called the light side and the dark side, like Lion King. Ultimately, the light side is where all the parties are, and the dark side is where none of the parties are. And what we saw was that students would have to rent the property close to more than a year before the start date. And we see people, you know, fighting head over heels and it's all about <clears throat> who knows who. And, and it's very, the process is very opaque. And, and we thought, well, you know, how do we techify it by putting the application online and, and make it more kind of, you know, discoverable and all that. But we, we came across this issue is like, well, yeah, we can put it online, but what is the motivation for the owners to put it on our platform? And I think that's the origin of the story of, well, maybe perhaps the fact of it being we have, you know, 50, 60 groups of students trying to rent this lighthouse, you know, <clears throat> year in advance. It means that 
the market hasn't hit equilibrium. And in a sense that, you know, the dark side, you know, some of the houses are just unknown to students and, and, you know, those are perfectly good properties as well and not getting the attention that it needs. Perhaps we can equalize it with, with that product. And, and as Chuck mentioned, the very big uproar from all friends were like, why are we doing this? And kind of woke us up and said, yeah, actually, why are we doing this? And then our response was to try to get owners. And ultimately that wasn't a good enough of an answer. And it would be a pretty big disaster. So we, as Greg said, we went back to the drawing board and figured, well, actually, as a technology you know, platform, we can provide so much more value beyond just that to help both sides of the market. And that's kind of how we pivoted into. So Rico, let me ask you something about evaluating these business ideas from a technical point. So when you're evaluating a business idea from a technical point, are you looking more for things that would be interesting and technically challenging for you to do? Are you looking for the thing that you can bring the simplest tech to bear for the greatest result? That's a very good question. What I've realized over the years is that technologists or nerdy, geeky people will try to think about the most technically advanced things to do. And often enough has no correlation to what the business goals are or what the user what the user actually wants. And 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 I had my fair share of experience of that actually. The app before that, before Popular, we made well, I, I made an app called Moments. It is a is a very cheeky app that brings back memories from the past. It's like think about it, you went to Universal or Disneyland six years yeah. ago with a bunch of friends. Yeah. And if you happen to drive by it again, it will bring up the memories and show you the photos and all that, right? The concept is 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 I felt was pretty intriguing. And at that point I remember distinctively there's a company called Time Hop, which does the exact same thing. But the only difference is they do it with time and date instead of our idea, which was fancy using GPS locations, background yeah. locations, and et cetera. Ultimately, both app kind of does the same thing, bringing back nostalgia. But my app was consuming battery, draining battery for the sake of using location. Their one just simple timestamp, and, and that one raised quite a bit of money at, at that, you know, at, that, at those early days and became quite successful and my one never peaked at all right so that was my first you know learning of that technology is a, is a mean to solve a problem it's not it's not it's not you know you can make all the fancy technology you want but if it doesn't actually solve the problem it's quite meaningless and then i see a lot of technical nerds and geeks go down the rabbit hole <laughs> doing that but yeah yeah and i, I was just gonna say you know i think a testament to that sort of mentality that that's a hard lesson that took me definitely years to learn even after Poplar started. But I remember Rico was working on a PowerPoint of what the product of at the time it was called one rent was going to look like. And that's just a testament to the fact of, you know, the, the point was that we needed a client, a first client. And instead of Rico saying, Oh yeah, I'm going to go build, you know, of MV, like something out of code, he actually took it one step even more minimum viable product and actually made a PowerPoint of what the website would look like. So it looked like a website, you click on things and it would behave like the website was going to behave, but it was a PowerPoint presentation. And that's, I uh, believe, how the, the first client was secured for OneRent. And in those early days, you know, you, we would draw out the product on a piece of paper and take stacks of paper to the library at Santa Clara and interrupt people studying and ask them, hey, what, you know, what would you do 
if you're presented with this this application for housing and it was just like a hand-drawn piece of paper and you know ask them to point and click on buttons so you know kind of just some a little moments that i remember that looking back that was rico's philosophy really coming through which was you know move quick try to solve problems and don't nerd out too much on tech so in doing that and trying to find both the buyers and sellers and <laughs> actually create a new marketplace what was the critical moment where you said we have enough interest from buyers we have enough interest from sellers let's build the thing well funny enough at that time again this was pure student housing we 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 signed up a whale essentially they gave us like half the probably a little more than half of all the properties it was a local property manager that managed a good chunk of the of the real estate around the university so that was that was kind of the we we just tar we literally just targeted and went straight yeah. to him. And was, uh, and, was he and most people at that point just doing Craigslist and that's oh not where it even was? He was doing like oh. I mean yes they had Craigslist but like it was just so well known what the properties were that they would just have the like pictures of the properties on his like outside oh, of window. his office yeah. yeah and then people would. I mean, it was even worse than, I mean, people would bring physical applications on a certain date to apply to these properties, like and just line up that that was the process. That's um, right. And that was part of the, that was part of the issue is that there is like, you know, it was very, I think one of the like kind of main values that we started with was transparency because it was very opaque as to what was happening. People would line up for a whole day outside his office. He would bring people one one on one into a you know dark room and you know give them basically he was hosting a bidding war in a sense and i think that's one of the reasons that the whole bidding rent on rent concept had floated around but it was just wasn't very transparent you know greg and i at one point got a text from our friend because we were trying to live in a house like you know there's probably eight of us and uh, greg and i happened to be in the same housing group and we got a text from the guy kind of leaned the group and he said, whoever brings me a check first gets a spot in the house. So it was like very, <laughs> you know, just like, and I think most call, most people that rented, most people that have rented off campus around a school can relate to this story. It was just very contentious and kind of, you know, opaque as to how the process went. So we had, and then on the, on the buyer side, on the renter side, we had also, you know, like I said, we were going around to the library. We also created this, at the time, one rent geniuses program where we gave people shirts and it's on the back. It said, you know, have questions about off-campus housing, ask me. And we trained them up a little bit about what we were doing. And we said, Hey, can you guys wear these to your classes? You know, two, two, three days a week. That's and, really uh, smart. That was, an, that was another way of getting the word out and that we'd feed them pizza and beer and they would be willing to share about what we were making. And then I think the last thing to, to mention is that there was this, there's also a law being passed through city council at Santa Clara at the time that would limit the number of occupants per home for oh, obvious yeah. reasons around a, you know, around a university, you know, the locals, you know, for obvious reasons, wanted to limit the number of people at a house for parties or noise, whatever. And we ended up, you know, the problem with that, that we saw at least was and then a lot of students were talking about was that would effectively raise the rents on students because 
landlords weren't all of a sudden, you know, if you could no longer rent to six people and you can only rent to four people, it's not like they were going to bring the rent down no. out of the kindness of their heart. They were going to rent at the market rates. So effectively, the rent that was that typically was split by six people would now be split by four people, making it more expensive for students. So we rallied about 300 students outside of City Hall and met on the lawn and kind of you know gave some talking points and tried to really be organized and thoughtful with you know the the talking points and then filled up the city hall with students so much to the point that we had you know a line out the door people lined up on the back wall it was probably the most students that have ever been at a city council meeting in that town even to date i think the fire department had to come and start kicking people out because it was over capacity so i think those are some of the ways too that you know when you talk about kind of bringing the idea to the market that it really started to pick up pick up steam and and get out at least within our university to start. Yeah, those are amazing ways to bring visibility to it for sure. Both of those ideas are really good. So when at that point when you're promoting it, are you promoting the actual product and at what point had you built the product? The marketplace. So I think as Chuck said, you know, we validated idea as soon as we got our first real customer, we actually start building the MVP. And and the key is that at that point we, you know, we understood that, you know, th- this can't be a vaporware. It has to be a functional, you know, platform. So we spent the whole entire summer, you know, we have actually have a fourth person with us, Evan, and you know, we built the whole site together. Chuck, Greg, myself and Evan <clears throat> we built it. And it was quite amazing. In a couple of months, we were able to launch it. And not only launch it, we actually processed, at that point, to us, seemingly a huge amount of security deposit and rent and application fee when the, when the product launched. So we spent a couple of months building it. And all the traffic came in pretty much five minutes. It, it, you know, it's like launching of the new shoe or whatever. So, so this, this property manager says, you know, it's, I can't remember exactly. The, I think it's September 1st or something like that you know, at, well, I don't know, 10 p.m. or 9 p.m. And, you know, again, because we're not doing bidding, bidding is first come, first serve or, or something like that. There was just a rush. And within five minutes, I would say less than five minutes, all the properties were reserved, you know, car leased and, and, and whatnot, right? And I think that kind of brings it to the second point where then what? So we spent three, four months building the platform. Yeah, because you built a marketplace that's only useful for... Five minutes. A couple weeks every year, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah not, not really a couple of weeks. It was for five minutes. Yeah. So the site had traffic for five minutes, huge amount of traffic. We, we actually, you know, thanks to, in some sense, I remember it, Evan, you know, I, we, we built the site to be pretty scalable in some sense where, you know, it auto scaled and it was fine. And, and thankfully nothing crashed. It's quite amazing for the first product to be able to sustain so many users. Um, and 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 that yeah and then I think I remember we you know Greg Chuck and I I think the week after went to one of our advisor which is still one of our advisor Chris Cabrera we went to him and said like you know we we built this thing and it seems to be working great but now we have no idea what to do now we're just sitting around <laughs> so wait for another year for that next five minutes and and you know that's kind of how we later on realized the bigger problem that that you know our owners are facing. And, and actually general tenants are facing. And then that's when we made the pivot to where we're, what we're doing today. Gotcha. So that, that pivot comes while you guys are all still in school. You just did this one successful launch, but then you have bandwidth because you've done. Well, actually right before then we were, we did almost, we did try to 
right before we made that pivot, we did think, okay, why don't we go to more campuses yeah. and maybe hmm. that would solve our problem. <laughs> and we were like, so let's, let's try to go to more campuses. And then we, and I think we had, I believe we were able to, well, you should tell the re, the, the initial story of the first raise, but our first seed raise was right before we pivoted. Actually, it was the whole, and it was the, the student housing concept with a little bit of a, a bump to it because we were trying to see if we can create more revenue, which was like service department style student housing. So let's like kind of see if we can build on top of the student housing concept, get to more universities and then offer services for students. And, and I'll, I'll let Rico tell this story because this is how we met the seed investor for that concept. Yeah. I mean, all three of us, to be honest, you know, I, I, I worked on previous startup, let's call it projects, right? They're really projects. And, and, and ultimately, I remember, again, after the launch, you know, everything was great. I was a little nervous, right? I was an international student at that point, and I knew that I need to kind of find a job to, to stay in the States. And oh, because you were here on a student visa at this point. Yeah. And I remember- gotcha. And he was a great ahead of us, too. So he was about to graduate. So I remember okay. at that point, all my friends, you know, international student friends, all had the jobs, you know, a year in advance. And, and of course, I spent you know, my time, you know, building this and never actually- bothered to find one and I started panic and you know out of desperation went out and found a couple of off jobs and got a couple of offers and you know at first I was like oh great I could actually get a job awesome but then when I looked at the kind of the contract it, it, it came to a sad realization is that if I take any of those jobs you know I, I wouldn't be able to you know do what we have been doing have, having so much fun and what we love yeah. So out of desperation, I just ran to the career council because I remember at orientation, some dude told us, if you have any questions, come to us. Went over there that, that the very morning after I got the, the, the offer and I, I, the student receptionist was there and said, oh, you know, we all booked out for the next, you know, two, three weeks. Why don't I come back in the next two, three weeks? That's why my offer is going to expire in the next two weeks. And I turned to my right and this, there's this guy called Dean. And I remember him. He was the guy who says, come to me if you have any questions. So he happened to be the director of, you know, counseling. And he was literally heading out for lunch. And I just stopped him and said, hey, Dean, do you have a few moments? You know, I got a question for you. And this moment that I, I, I we both thought it would be a couple of minutes turned into a three hour or two to three hour pizza lunch meeting where I told him the story of, you know, Chuck Greg and I, you know, Banded together, created this, got, you know, at that point, I think 78% of the campus on it, leased a bunch of properties. But now I'm faced with either I take this job and I can't do this anymore, or, or, or I don't know. This is, or, or I don't yeah. know. Right. And he was That's like, the question. I don't know. <laughs> and then he was like, well, you know, after a long talk, he's like, well, you know, I've ever, actually never heard of anyone raising money within two weeks with what you're saying, but I happen to have a college roommate that I think you should meet. And his name's called Michael. And he is one of the early Google guys. And I was like, oh, cool, awesome. And at that point, I, I distinctively remember, you know, we were just so new, for lack of better words. You know, I ran back and told Chuck and Greg, I said, hey, Chuck, you, Greg, you can't believe, like, what happened? I just met this random career counselor, and he's the nicest guy ever. And he, you know, and his, his history is he, he worked in, you know, a, you know, actually Guitar Hero as the main marketing person and, and whatnot, as well as Starbucks, I believe. And, and he was there to genuinely help students. And, and, and at that point, and, and, and long and behold, you know, the next very morning, you know, Dean messaged me and said, Michael is ready to meet you at the East Palo Alto Four Seasons. 
and the day and before the meeting, Greg, Chuck, and I, you know, came together and and, and start you know figure out valuations, the things that we, we we never really thought of, but thought that oh that sounds to be like the right thing to think of and do, and we were you know super naive and we were like okay, so we spent three months doing this and we both we each put in I believe at that point. I can't remember five eight hundred dollars, and you know half half of us was for L, uh, the corporation, you know, incorporation. Half of us was for the domain, and half of it was for the Gatorade in the fridge. You know, so you know, it's Gatorade. I, you know, I suppose that you know maybe we call, we'll sell fifty percent of the company, and you know, let's let's ask for a forty thousand dollar valuation, and we, and we just made for it half of the company forty grand. Yeah, I, don't, I can't remember the number. We're just like super noob and whatnot. Honestly, I think we shot a little higher than that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, it was, but anyway, I can't remember. But I can see how you get that because at this point, the only the only funds that you've needed is stuff that you kind of had as students to put together and go, okay. Yeah. That and labor. That concept of how valuation is. Yeah. Out, right? So no, like none of that, right? So. Lo and behold, we 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 went and met Michael, and you know all three of us pitched Michael, and I remember John Ham. I don't actually watch Suits. I don't know who the hell he was, and but Greg and Chuck was like, "Oh, this dude behind us." John Ham happened to be behind us. Don't know why the. Well, it was funny. Because, it was funny because it was like you know we were in a pitch meeting, and John Ham from Mad Men, you know, he's always just pitching, and like that actor was sitting right there at the bar next to us. What? While we yeah. were doing our pitch, yeah, oh, that's cool. Was, Did he say anything? Did he have a critique? Oh no, he was like on another. No, no. So busy. Okay. But then we, he didn't we, seem too happy, actually. We, we, we were pitching, Michael. but it was a, a yeah, we were pitching Michael Z, and uh, it was just you know an, a, a little bit of a auspicious sign that you know the pitch the guy that acts and pitches all day on his TV show is sitting there while we were pitching. We took that as a good, you know, it's a very good sign. I was confused. I have no idea who the heck that was. And then <laughs> you guys were at all. But we pitched Michael for like 30 minutes straight, I remember. And and that, and Michael had his, you know, shades on. And then he was with no reaction, zero reaction. I remember looking to Chuck and Greg and like, hey, this is done. This is, this is the end of it. And for the 31st minute, I don't know what happened. You know, he started pitching back to us of what the potential, what, what we should do, what the potential is, and da 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 and then the meeting, you know, ended up, I believe, for a couple hours. And, you know, he said, like, you know what? I, I, I like you guys and I like the concept. Why don't you guys come back in a few days and meet us at Google on the campus? And he, he booked a room and all, all that. And I remember that was at finals time. And, and I, I was like, you know, I, I remember distinctively I, I had a final that afternoon and I was like, screw it. Let's just, you know. And I was kind of worried because if I don't pass that class, I probably couldn't graduate, which means that I probably won't get a, a visa either. But anyway. We went on to pitch, you know, went went to that Google meeting and pitch a bunch of Google, you know, executives and 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 you know early people, the Google Angel Group, you know, their, their private angel group. And again, remember, first five minutes, one of the guys just walked out, but everyone stayed. And ultimately, at the end of it, you know, you know, I think Michael told us that the 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 the, the team liked the pitch, liked us, and we ultimately got the biggest Christmas present ever. We raised close to half a million U.S. dollars at a very. We closed on Christmas Eve. 
Yeah. By the way, we talked about the valuation, but you know, prior to the meeting, but we never brought it up because we're just so new. We, we forgot, and I, I suppose they 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 probably knew we don't really know what we're talking about at that point. So they gave us some very fair valuation straight from you know kind of you know early YC kind of standard and all that. I can't remember what the standard was, but that was kind of the origin of the first race in in, in that sense. So part, you're partly bearing the lead here because people that are listening and don't know, do you want to talk about who Michael Z is and what he's doing now? Sure. Michael Z is one of the first, you know, legal person, you know, one of the first few legal person at Google. He actually led, you know, Google legal in Asia Pacific. He's a very, very, he's an awesome investor. He has been with us, you know, from the very beginning. And he's an investor that genuinely cares about, you know, the product, the team, and, and really how, how, the, how, how the company is. So he supported us all the way through for many, many years. And, and quite frankly, without him and, and the group, you know, we wouldn't be able to create you know, the success that we have today. So, so really, thanks to him, we have what we have. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> so now you've got your first raise. You've got support and access to these, these people who know how to do this kind of stuff. So what happens then? Now the pivot, right, Greg? Yeah, so that was, yeah, so right after that raise, we or really trying to figure out how we do, how do we get to more student campuses essentially. And we went to this event, this very large, and I guess it's every, I think it's every year, a very large student housing event in Las Vegas, funny enough, at the ARIA, I think it was the ARIA, pretty large event where literally all the major property owners and REITs that own essentially, you know, student housing around all these campuses across the country meet and, you know, look at new technology and, you know, all these different things. And so we, we'd schedule ourselves to go to this event. And I think, you know, one thing going into it that, you know, we quickly realized as we got into the event was, you know, Santa Clara, small university, small property owners. But for most of these universities across the country, it's like they're, yeah, the REITs essentially own a lot of the properties around the college campuses. So it's a very different type of customer was the, was the reality. Yeah. It's got institutional money at that level. It's, it's not a dude. (laughs) Yeah. But you know, we went in very positive and we had at that point built a bit of a sales team. Like we essentially hired a lot of our fellow Santa Clara colleagues and, you know, brought them in as essentially sales development people, a group. And I can't remember how many people we brought. I think it was like more, probably more than 10 people, sales reps that we brought with us to this event in Las Vegas, got our shirts, had the booth, had everything to showcase the product and what we could do. And yeah, and it was, you know, felt pretty successful. There was a little, a little, wait, is this the drone? This is the drone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Chuck, you got to tell that story. Yeah, this was the drone event. Chuck, do you want to tell that story? And then I could continue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, well, it was basically, like Greg said, we had, a, you know, a little group there. And we were trying to attract attention at this student housing conference. And this is the early days of drones. And so we had thought, oh, why don't we do a, you know, a drone giveaway? you know, ask people to drop their business cards in the, you know, box and we'll do giveaway. And we ended up having a drone on site on, you know, at at our table. And it was one of these, one of the big ones, one of, I think it was a DJI, not like the little small phantom one. It was the Inspire drone with big, you know, eight inch blades. And so we thought, oh yeah, let's, 
let's what if we fly this drone and in the conference and really build a get grab everyone's attention so we went over to the conference organizers and asked them and again this was 2015 2014 so they there was no kind of standard set around drones and they said oh well yeah i guess i guess that's fine you can fly it and we went back to our booth and got the drone going and it starts going up and taking off from our table and these things generate a lot of downward wind force we learned in that moment because all of a sudden everyone's flyers and you know business cards were started going everywhere it's like a tornado of collateral and we realized okay this is a problem but it was doing its job there was a circle of people gathered around you know and, and our salespeople were going after them talking but then it, the drone because we were inside this conference center in a vegas casino the drone was not locking onto GPS. So it was swaying around, blowing everyone's papers around. So we, I said, the, the guy, Matt, that was flying it and I, him and I were flying it. And I asked him, Hey, bring it down, bring it down. Cause I don't think this is safe. And I tried to catch one side of the drone and I did successfully, but the other side slipped and sliced my arms. So I still have got scars from it. And ended up getting about 16 stitches from the drone slicing through my arm and fingers. And I think at that moment, Vegas conference organizers amended their yeah. rules and policies of conferences. So you're then on the way to the hospital to get stitches. H- Did all the attention nice and the salespeople more- like pull in? The, the definitely I, I exited without making too much of a scene. I just noticed that I cut, I grabbed a napkin, wrapped it around my arm and then left. It wasn't a napkin. It was Greg, a one red t-shirt. <laughs> oh yeah. One red t-shirt. <laughs> we, we, we should have that frame somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Greg, Greg drove me to some urgent care clinic, which as you could probably imagine in Las Vegas is filled with quite an interesting assortment of people and experiences. And uh, this doctor, I believe he was this Russian doctor who had moved to the US and was working there. He fixed me up and he told me it was his first ever drone accident that he was working on. So, but yeah, the attention, you know, people, people, people definitely noticed us after that point in that conference. And uh, I know this. I think we're banned from probably doing any in the ARIA, but you know, Ladies and gentlemen, we are going to end it there for this week. This is going to be a two-parter, so you're going to be able to hear the rest of it next week. But we will leave Chuck with his stitches and Greg about to go out and figure out how many new deals they have to close until next week. So if you want to see what we're doing or catch up on any property management needs, you can find us at poplar.home slash pod. That's poplar.home slash pod. On behalf of the Poplar team, hope you have a great week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.